0: To Sanctum Podcast. I'm your host Stephen Sharp Jr. Does it feel like an actual New Year this time around? I'm not gonna name any situations, but just saying. Um, (laughs) um, I'm really excited about um, this week's chapter. Um, I'm gonna be joined by my friend Sammy. She's just a brilliant artist, and it's been—I talk about it in the actual recording—but just to see her progress as a creative has been really, really inspiring and. Um, it was really interesting to hear, uh, just the similarities that we've had when it comes to our mental health. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for you to get to know Sammy a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm going to let her introduce herself and then we will hop into the conversation.
1: My name's Sammy, um, or Samantha Ruby, Samantha Ruby Estrada. I switch my names around as my work life seems fit, um... But to my friends, I am just Sammy. I am a professional photographer working in New York City for seven years, um, going on eight. I went to school to be a linguist, so nothing like what I'm doing now. I'm also an artist, um, which my personal page has, you know, my artwork and stuff like that. Um, and currently a student, and yeah.
0: How are you really?
1: I'm good. I am for the most part like pretty like calm with the winter. I joke that I sometimes get like reverse seasonal depression. Yeah. Where like in the winter I'm usually chilling. Like I'm usually like don't know what to do with myself and like a little antsy. But I'm usually like calm with the season. Whereas like in summer like the sunshine just like taunts me. Like demands that I be happy, and that gets like, hard for me right. this time of year. It's like pretty chill, but I also feel as though I have no purpose. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm good, <laughs> yeah. So every every year, I try to get out of a little bit of that. Like, gonna sound like extra right now, but of that like capitalist rat race of like my value is determined by how much I produce, how much I work, mm-hmm. um, by how much I get done um so every year i'm like no i'm going to learn how to rest and i get a little bit better at it year after year Mm -hmm. but i've probably got like four or five years working on this like very one thing specifically where every year everybody's like oh what are you going to focus what's your intention for this year like learning to rest without the guilt portion or Mm -hmm. without waking up and being like like this like gnawing like scroll or this gnawing like listen to a thing consume content consume advertisement like actually just like sit here. And when you get bored of sitting here, just sit longer. Mm. Like that's, it's very uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> like how did you get there? <laughs> um,
1: so I, I definitely like, I'm not like good at it. Like it's, it's always uncomfortable. Mm. I just am good at finding the things that I lean on. So I'm good at noticing that when I finished a show, as I searched for another one, I started getting a little desperate, like in trying to find a thing, trying to find a thing. And it's like, oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid mm-hmm. to not have something fill my time. Let's explore that. Let's sit here <laughs> and not let it fill my time. So I'm, I'm good at noticing the things that scare me and kind of in choosing to face them mm-hmm. um, to a fault to the point that sometimes I'm like don't be a hero you don't need to do everything that scares you um but I do like to know what I lean on like I do like to know what I'm using in a way to avoid life and avoid being present and 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 that's like I don't know when it became so important to me to do that but or actually I think I do. I had like some of my most successful years in photography and the more like busy I got, the more pride I got in being busy, the more pride I got in keeping people at bay, like Mm -hmm. in keeping people from bothering me or texting me or things like that. And, um, and eventually like, I remember like wanting to plan a vacation and I did. And um, my parents came with me. I like invited them to come with me. And I couldn't get out of that rhythm. I couldn't get out of the like very intense New York move rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I could like look back and see my parents actually like trying to keep up with me physically. and I, I I could see myself doing it, like stressing them out on our vacation and not quite being able to like relax and stop and calm down. And then in the evening, my dad was like holding a wine glass and broke it. And I saw his frustration at that moment. And it could have been a personal thing. It could have been a myriad of things, but I was just like, I am putting so much stress on my parents because I don't know how to go to a place and enjoy it. And it doesn't help that like, I don't know in New York, everything's a mission, (laughs) but (laughs) But going somewhere else meant I had to relax in that one week that we had on vacation. I had to hit everything I wanted to hit. And that experience coupled with like a few other moments in that season of that like fall, um, noticing that I was very much disconnecting from people, um, noticing that I was feeling less and less, like truly like things that used to make me emotional, I didn't feel anymore just becoming very, very, very numb. Um, And that process of disconnecting and becoming numb scared me. And then I think that's what launched like a four year long journey to try to feel everything, like to try to rest, to try to experience discomfort. Um, I feel like for most of my life, I was very proud of choosing my feelings. And I was very proud of like doing things and even looking down on people that like didn't do as much as I did because I was getting my sense of value from everything I did. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I had any lonely feelings, dark feelings, anything like that, I just shoved them aside. And eventually like I couldn't anymore. So I couldn't without like becoming like very inhuman. Right. So I think I I once I opened myself up to feeling, which this is going to be an encouragement to anyone who avoids their feelings, I actually experienced a severe depression and anxiety, like four months. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine, let's relax. And I relaxed and I opened up my schedule and I opened up my life. And I had like free time for the first time and I had my own apartment and free space for the first time and I just felt completely lost Mm -hmm. without like something to strive for I just felt like absolutely like worthless and I think those were fears that I'd been bottling for years
0: it's very interesting that you say that because it's something that I'm actually currently going through how I envision it is like, I've just been opening these doors that have been locked for a while, kind of doing like my quote unquote spring cleaning (laughs) Yeah, and kind of delving into different memories and kind of going here and there and to and fro and opening up these things and trying to feel. Yeah. It's like opening up the floodgates and it's like, Oh wow. Like what am I doing? I have all these emotions. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how to deal with them. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I function and continue to operate in a similar capacity because I have to afford my life and have to work and I have to do these things? Like, how do I navigate around that? And like, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's it's so interesting. Like the floodgates, like you said, like like our body will like repress, 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 ignore, ignore, ignore. Um, I'm sure for some types of people, it's easier than others, but like until you are ready to rest, but Mm. then it will like, it'll if you allow it like tell you everything that you've been afraid of or that you've been hiding or pushing or doing like to yourself like that that isn't like healthy but also if you don't ever give it that time i think it's better even if it's scary it's a pause for an extended amount of time and let that open which i think a lot of people experienced over this pandemic without meaning to i think that is better than all of a sudden having a breakdown at target because you've been ignoring it for a decade. yeah, And like, (laughs) and it just like bursting out of you because these things are are physical in nature, right? Like our our mind and our soul and our body are all so interconnected. Mm -hmm. Like it affects you whether you know or not. And it'll affect you physically whether you know or not. And it'll definitely affect your capacity to get the things and, and accept the things that you want. Like we need to admit the downside of things in order to receive the good side of them, and like neutral, not feeling anything isn't better. Like I, I remember when that like there was a point where I stopped being excitable. Like I stopped like laughing loud and like and and being excited. I was like too cool to be excited about things, so I didn't experience the pain of things, but I didn't experience the joy of them either. Like I didn't let myself revel in the good, and and one of the things that I've been working on is in experiencing all of it and not falling too far into the negatives also, because that's a trap in itself, like just staying in this, like you, you start by admitting the wrong. And then sometimes you could just hang out there like yes. way too long. Um, <laughs> but learning that balance, like it's like a pendulum swing, right? Like um, you, you, you have to admit the wrong but also know the parts that you do have agency over that you can control. And know that sometimes it takes a minute for that to catch up with the rest of you, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could be in a terrible mood and, and, and not just a mood, like truly in like one of those, like shoulders have like weight on them. My face is being pulled to the ground and all I wanna do is lay on the floor yeah. moods. And I can get up and go on a walk knowing it'll be good for my body. And I could do that every day for a week. And it does not mean that any of those days I'm going to feel better, but maybe at the end of the month, I will. Like these things are kind of like patient spirals up and down sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the, the biggest things I've learned is to not be afraid of them, to not be afraid of my anxiety, to not be afraid of my depression. By not being so afraid of it, I, I think I deal with it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And actually I shouldn't say like my depression or my anxiety, but um, just to not be afraid of these feelings or of these emotions or of this confusion that they can be signs to let me know things of what I need to face of loops that I'm going into in my brain. Um, Cause for a long time after that first rest period that led to quite a lot of anxiety, I Wanted to fix it and never have it again. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to like I signed up for therapy. I actually had two therapists, but they didn't know. And I had an app. And you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) But like I was like, tell me what'll fix it, and I'll do it three times over. Exercise is gonna fix it. Cool. I'm running every morning. Good food's gonna fix it. Fine. I am using a credit card to buy all the fancy food out there. And I will have three therapists and I will do all the things. Just someone fix it. Like if anybody would have promised me a pill that would have fixed it, I would have taken it without a doubt. I was like, just fix it. Just get it out of me. I am so like, what is this? It's terrible. Um I actually remember a friend telling me to chill out and she tried to give me um, like a, a weed square. Yeah. It was like a like chocolate um, chocolate pot. And she was just like just have like a- <laughs> you can tell I've done pot so much. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I try oh my, often my favorite I'm was like, this square. should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> a chocolate weed square. And like you're supposed to take like a I think a half of one square. And I ate three squares <gasps> while I'm like out and about in the city. Oh, just because no. tr- trust me, anything that anyone told me could work. I'm like, oh, I should take a shot of this. Give me the whole bottle. Like oh, I was yeah. wanting so desperately to feel better that four hours later, I should have to therapy. And I was so paranoid and I was so crazy. And I was like, I am so sorry. I did wait today. Can I tell you that? I should tell you that. No, I shouldn't tell you that. I don't feel okay. I don't think I'm all right. (laughs) And, And he just kind of like stared at me for a second. And then he was like, I have to tell you that when you're at this level of stress, it's not really going to help you. It like, helps you for like a specific range, also specific amount, but you're like over here and like you definitely don't need to be trying to fix that with weed. And I'm just like, well, whatever, we'll take it away. Your exercises don't work yet. <laughs> <laughs> None of it is working. And at the end of the day, I don't know if any of it worked. I don't know. I know that after three of the hardest months that I've had in my adult life, it started to get better. I got out of a toxic relationship and that helped. I sometimes say that it all helped, you know, doing all of it eventually helped, or maybe that's just the amount of time it took for those chemicals to recycle and refix in my body and re-straighten out. I don't know, Um, but I know that after that, I was terrified of it ever happening again and found myself building really bad mental habits of fear that just escalated of like little OCD moments that just like escalated to try to protect myself. Like it started with like, oh, I can't drink too much coffee because it'll give me anxiety. And then it was like, I can't drink coffee because it'll give me anxiety. And then it was like, let me put my coffee stuff away so I don't see it. So looking at it doesn't give me anxiety. And it just started escalating like all these little little things that i did oh let me like always call somebody when i'm going to open the door at home because that moment used to give me anxiety like you can't coax your fears like you can't um give in to them mm-hmm. um which was a really hard thing for me to work on like uh, i'd be like afraid to like look in the mirror like thinking that like um or like just like afraid of the dark type stuff Like like needing, thinking that I needed to check over my shoulder multiple times. Oh, and I was like, Nope, I'm just going to sit here and be afraid and not check behind me because every time I turn around to reassure myself, I'm actually making this deeper. Like I'm actually making this a habit that before I know it, I'm not going to be able to hang out with my friends without like looking over my shoulder. Um, so I started like facing it as much as I could. And it, unfortunately for me, like it took accepting that it could be a part of my life to get rid of it. It took accepting that like this is something I might have to learn. I might have to get to know um, to be to stop being so afraid of it because the fear of an anxiety attack was way worse than anything. Um, it, it just like escalated to like the biggest fear ever. <laughs> I'll have an entire argument in my head with my partner assuming their response and me responding and assuming their response and me responding so far he has not actually had a word in this argument and I'm already (laughs) getting mad and then I like I've rehearsed it in my brain we've got a 30 minute argument going and I'm like I'm about to bring it into the real world I see the first line of my argument and he's like okay that entire 30 minutes is done and I'm just like what I was so ready to fight just now because I thought you were gonna say okay. I thought you were gonna say that I should do the dishes. (laughs) And and I was ready over here to be like, just because of this and that doesn't mean that I should be like feeling guilty about doing this. And he was just like, okay. Like, oh, well, I just wasted 40 minutes physiologically amping myself up. Those effects will remain. Like it wasn't just the time wasted in my brain. I like like, totally just, like, became high strung. I don't know, maybe, like, to use some of that angst, I'll actually start a fight. I don't know. All right. <laughs> you didn't give me one. Like, but it's just that the amount of times that I've assumed people's feelings and the amount of times that I've decided for somebody that they're annoyed of me or I've decided for someone that they feel like I owe them something when they've never used those words, is has been such a waste of time it says more about what i think about myself or what i fear and in reality everyone else is responsible for their own actions yeah so it doesn't matter if i believe in my heart of hearts that it is true that what i think they think is true all that matters is what they're willing to say if they are adults they are in charge of what they tell me about how they're feeling and they are in charge of of letting me know if there's something that needed to be communicated, I don't need to assume it for them. So like just learning to give people their own agency and their own credit and only be in charge of my own and my intentions, unless somebody openly starts a conversation in which they want me to take certain thoughts that they've had into account.
0: I do the exact same thing. Like you're saying Mm -hmm. this, I'm like, (laughs) cosign, cosign, (laughs) cosign. I do all these things almost every day. And it's like, you truly do have to like actively be like, okay, this person has not done these things that I have already created. I've already created the scenario in my brain. They have not done these things. How can I move forward without this avatar of this person that I've created in my head? How do I communicate with someone putting aside my own preconceived ideas from the like myriad of experiences that I've
1: had. That's what we do. We we see everything through the lens of our past experiences and through the lens of what one tiny human in the entire universe and history has learned because it's efficient. It's the best way to do things. It's why we can drive home on autopilot and not realize we're driving. And one of the 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 practices that's helped me sort of shake that up is like mindfulness, which I feel like is like hot right now. But just looking at things and, and seeing things anew that I live in the present more often. Because I wonder too, with all this drama that we create in our heads, drama is inherently interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like how much of this drama that we create could just be it, like avoidance? could just be because it's easier to create these scenarios in my head where I either have my fears validated or these like like shortcuts that I've made proven instead of actually dealing with real life that's right in front of me yeah. um, and I think facing life every day might be a scarier thing for especially um, millennials and like Gen Zers than than we think it is just because we have so many distractions and we have so many things that are constantly there for our attention. Like we don't sit bored. I've been trying to find how to be bored, but I always find my ways to make myself busy. That's not the world making me busy. I have nothing to do right now. It's me making myself busy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I do want to ask like, Yes. How has your mental health affected the way you create? Hmm.
1: Um, So discovering art was very interesting for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely affects the way I create. It also kind of puts my mental state in a, hmm, how do I say this? It's more therapy than I thought it would be when I create. So it doesn't matter whether I'm like happy or sad, if I mess up on a painting, because it's so much of me that goes into it, I've thrown like very real tantrums. Mm -hmm. Like, Like the biggest tantrum that I've thrown in my entire life was when a sculpture that I made fell over while it was still drying. So the paint like touched the surface and I walked in and I threw my glasses and they broke and I like threw another thing and like felt so hot and I had to take my sweater and my shirt off and just started like grunt crying. I have never known or seen myself throw such a tantrum. So in a way it's incredibly emotional for me when I make work, like super emotional. It brings all of my fears. And and moments where I think I'm not going to be good enough and moments where I think I proved to myself that I'm not good enough, like it brings them all to the most intense that they've ever felt. And then when I have to pick that piece up and sand it and fix it and let it be with its imperfections, I grow a little bit and I learn (laughs) and I learn to love it, even though it wasn't perfect. And it is the most volatile and most growth inducing activity that I can do. And I discover things while I make work that I didn't know when I set out to make it. Mm-hmm. So when I start a, a painting, they're not great yet. I'll get, become better over time, but that's not their point to me. When I when I make them, I discover so much and, and, and it becomes very emotional and healing for me though though if it wasn't for like school kind of making me do some of the work, I probably wouldn't have done it. So it's like this funny, <laughs> this, this funny thing that like the, the harder that if I'm in a very happy mental state, it doesn't mean that I'm more likely to create work. And if I'm in a very low mental state, it also doesn't mean that I'm more likely to create work, but it does mean that I probably should I um, because it's more helpful um, as like a healing process than, um, that said, when I'm happy and create work, I find myself frustrated just because I'm experiencing these feelings all over again. Like I'm kind of like re-experiencing these secrets that I discover in my paintings. It's really funny when someone looks at a painting, they're like, oh my gosh, I love it. It's so like heartwarming and pretty. And I'm just like, I was having the most gut-wrenching like experience making it. And it's actually about quite a lot of problems, <laughs> but it looks happy, which is great. <laughs> but it's I think because that's how I've had to present in in real life. Um, But my my mental state definitely does affect whether I want to make the work or not. I probably don't want to make it when I'm not feeling great. Um, Mm -hmm. But more than my mental state affecting it, it affects my mental growth quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So art making for me has been incredibly revealing the way like, I truly could have never planned for anything to have been. Like, I don't know. It's totally like believing that like you're gonna hate this activity and then you do it and then you're gonna be like laughing and smiling. It's like, it almost exists outside of me. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it sounds so lofty. Like, I don't wanna be like, oh, like my art is like blah, 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 blah. But it was a surprise to me. Like, it's a surprise to me when I draw and I'm like, oh. I feel so much right now, <laughs> and then I also sometimes realize that there's some things that still bother me, or that I feel good about a thing. I made a painting about New York, and it. I, the more I stared at it, the, the more I assigned meaning to it. The more I like projected feelings to it, where I was just like, "It's so hectic, but it's so positive." Like the 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 projections that I was making onto this painting, I was like, "It's it's truly how I feel about the city." All. All in one, like it had the stress and the movement and the jitters and the the pressure and the fun and the adventure and the possibility and the depth like, again, quite a lot to put on a painting somebody else looks at it they'll probably just say cute, but it's about what it helped me see about how much I love New York City.
0: Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I've always wondered that because <clears throat> I I'm also in the process of trying to figure out, like, my own creativity, especially Mm. through my therapy journey of, like, how do I, what is my outlet, and trying to find those things, and, like, that's kind of the, I'm like, I want, I feel like, I I feel like my creativity should be doing things that it's not doing right now, Mm. and, I'm, I don't know, I'm always, and also, I just love the way you create, and I love the way you've progressed as a creator since I've known you, because, I mean, I met you as a photographer, and, like, you were just doing the photography thing, and then when you went to school, I just started to notice, understanding that, like, you were so much more than a photographer, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm very, personally just very very proud of you and oh, thank I can't you. wait to purchase all of your artwork and <laughs> I told you I love that sculpture that you made like I was like I want it <laughs> oh,
1: I, I I love those yeah I I would say like I've been going to therapy for about three years I am now in the process of looking for a, a new therapist mm-hmm. just because I think I reached a stopping point with mine. Um, I think at this point I, I need a woman. Um, there were some things that, um, especially on like race that I feel like I, I wasn't going to allow him to speak into, and I knew I wasn't. So in order to dive deeper into that, I feel like I needed somebody of color. Um, so I'm in the process of looking for somebody else also like, um, definitely not trying to stop my therapy journey anytime soon, but, in those first couple of years with him or first like year and a half, I made a lot of progress in terms of tools. I um, have read some wonderful books that have helped a lot. There's one that's simply titled Mindfulness um, and it goes, it's like the book on the topic and it, it was doing, saying this before it was cool. Um, that's helped me a lot um, and I was calming down by the point that I discovered that art has such a volatile effect on me. Yeah. And by the time that like unearthed quite a lot more. Um, That said, I think art would have been helpful at any part of my journey. And I do like encourage you to explore what sort of like art or activity that could mean for you. Um, For me as a maybe sort of performative person the imperfections and the, the shortcomings of all my work and learning to love it anyway was huge. Um, oh. So none of my works are of angle by any means or, or anything phenomenal. Um, I'm not the new like artist anytime soon, but it's personal and it's honest and more importantly, like it's actually a tool for, for, I never, I never thought I believed in that, in that like needing a a place to express. I don't know if I believed in that necessarily. I think we all say it, but I don't think I like believed it in my bones Mm -hmm. as like a truth and discovering this like almost outside of yourself way to feel is both like contained and safe and aggressive all in one. Um, I definitely now feel like "Hmm, people should maybe explore things that make them like feel in in a contained safe place, right, either on a canvas or on a sculpture that they could just throw on the other side of the room. But I mean, that's better than other manifestations, right? Like I'd rather throw my sculpture than like starve myself for a week, so. Right, like it's, right. a, it's, a, it's a better manifestation <laughs> of, of your frustrations and how you feel about your shortcomings or whatever. Yeah. Blame the canvas. <laughs> rip it into shreds. <laughs> I like, I never saw myself as a person, but I would totally rip a canvas if I was pissed at it. Like, I don't know where this like Hulk Sammy came out of, but I would 100% just like Rawr! Yeah. <laughs> Well, I will talk too much on a myriad of topics, especially around mental health, because I feel like it's it's a battle. And like once, not everybody deals with it, but when you're like in that, I didn't realize that I dealt with it for a long time, but I yeah. experienced bulimia through college and had a really hard time, like years and years of crying, trying to get rid of it. Yeah. And after I did, you know, I tried still putting my emotions away. But I wasn't overstuffing them anywhere, right. so I think that's why eventually I had to I had to open the box. <laughs> but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm I'm glad I feel now. I'm glad I'm honest, and it's taken all of these experiences to to have better friendships, to have better relationships, to to be more honest, like with myself, and and it's taken feeling. Yeah. And being willing to, being willing to be afraid. So my art stuff and art life is on just like my normal page, Sammy Ruby, which is also like personal life. Um, my work life though is Samantha Ruby Photo, and I just picked back up my bookstagram. So that's just one book a week is the name oh, of it. So. Yeah it's fun it's my it's one of my outlets this
0: year so. i love you so much thank you i love you so my computer going
1: to die on you soon
0: i know that's why i like moved over
1: <laughs> it's at four percent
0: oh my lord okay thank you i love you so so much if you enjoyed today's chapter i would encourage you to hit the subscribe button on the listening platform of your choice you can also follow the podcast on instagram at sanctum podcast and me at stephen sharp jr Also, if you'd like to donate towards the podcast to keep it ad-free, it'd be greatly appreciated. There is a link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next one.